Welcome back to Coaches Exploring the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from a Principles Behind Clarity perspective. And today we're on to Habit 7, and it's part four in the book, uh, titled Renewal. Habit 7, Sharpen the Saw, Principles of Balanced Self-Renewal. And uh, this chapter starts off with Covey's little story about uh, um, someone in the woods working feverishly to saw down a tree. And it goes like this. What are you doing, you ask? Can't you see? Comes the impatient reply. I'm sawing down the tree. You look exhausted, you exclaim. How long have you been doing it? Over five hours, he returns. And I'm beat. This is hard work. Well, why don't you take a break for a few minutes and sharpen that saw, you inquire. I'm sure it would go a lot faster. I don't have time to sharpen the saw, the man says emphatically. I'm too busy sawing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can. Story of my life. Yeah, I can give thousands of examples. One came up today. Um, I need to use some Excel spreadsheets. I hate using Excel. I don't Mm. get it, not at all. And one of the major problems is on my computer hasn't got a huge screen. It's just too small. You know, the, the, the just if I leave it as is, it's too small. Mm. And how many times I've done this and then struggled to, because I haven't got time. I've got, to be, I've got to get this thing done and I've got to do something else. And this is just kind of like something that's getting in my way and off I'll go. And today it just struck me, the million spreadsheet came into you know need need to use this and i really need to use this went to my you guys know about my little clarity corner Mm. and i just said to myself elaine you've got to find a way to make the each little box bigger so that i can use it and read it so off i went because there was the other problem as well, like, you know, and it's going to take me a lot of time, which I don't have, to do that, sharpen my soul. Because it's, if, but if I get, you know, where I can easily read an Excel document and it's easy for me to do, my life is going to be so much quicker and easier. And I've been avoiding it for like donkey's years. And today I did it. And, and I love Excel. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, and I've got thousands of those, yeah. those examples. And how many times do we do that? Yeah, well, it's it, the little quote at the beginning pretty much says it all, actually. I mean, it, it yeah. really does. Sometimes yeah. when I consider what tremendous consequences come from little things, I am tempted to think there are no little things. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, we just. That, that says it, yeah. And what did it take? and this no time thing I don't have time I don't have time I don't have time how often do we hear people say no no I don't have time you don't understand I don't have time yeah Yeah. and I love actually just just again as as he starts at the end of that page you know habit seven is taking time to sharpen the soul so it's the (laughs) It's not actually the sharp the sharpening of the soul words that are the most important it's the taking the time Mm -hmm. bit Mm -hmm. and I just noticing it actually in the whole of the book that he does this. He 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 seems to start the chapter almost within the other habit, like which you know, start how you mean to go on, sort of thing. Mm. Because like that is the whole point of it. Like if if we can reading this book take that on board, 
then the whole of the rest of the chapter makes perfect sense and is just enlightening. If you miss those taking the time bits, the rest of the work is just, yeah, oh, yeah, well, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't actually make sense. And he does that, I've noticed, with every chapter, mm. which I think mm. is however or whoever very cleverly wrote that for him, but very, very effective. Setting us up for success. And a bit of a, a bit of a strange, I know, I know we're going to talk about, you know, the idea is to look at parallels with clarity, but let's say in this case, parallels with how also, you know, Jamie teaches and how Jamie's books are set out. Like it's the, he gives the, the big insight first, you know, mm. like the way you've got to get to. And if you don't get this clear, you're not going to get anywhere sort of thing. The starting point. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the end is the start. Begin with the end yeah. of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it relates to how, you know, how we coach people to trying to, you know, what is it that they want or what would be useful? Um, yeah. you know, what is the end in mind? Let's start there. Yeah. And 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 also the sense of again, there is no quick fix. A sense mm. of right, okay. There isn't time. You've got to make time, like really clear, mm. and that the time that you'll be making will be forever time, because there is no quick fix. So you you know start from day one, make the time, but it doesn't end there. It's going to be forever mm. to be able to sharpen your saw on every new little little thing that comes up for you. You know, it's, it's a continuous cycle of which life is it's basically rinse and repeat on uh, on 342 the four dimensions of renewal he says habit seven is personal pc which is production capability from way back in the beginning of the book <laughs> and it's funny because i've read this i don't know how many times listened to it on cd i don't know how many times and the, when I read that this time, it hit me a lot differently. Um, this whole chapter did, I, I think, mm. in particular, because the last three months or so, I've been sharpening the saw in the physical dimension more so than I have in years. So it's kind of very um, tangible and on the surface for me right now. So, um Yeah. And, and, and then he talks about, you know, the four dimensions, physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual. Um, and he points out that taking time to sharpen the saw is the definitive quadrant two activity. You must do it for our, we must do it for ourselves. Like, you know, no one's coming to sharpen the saw for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's some, something you have to own. And, it, and to me, that that is, it kept pointing me back to the, uh, you are the creator. Mm. You know, it's uh yeah. and it's i don't know it's funny because in, in some like conversations i've had say with my daughter she'll be like yeah but i don't want that responsibility it's too much but to, to me I, I for me it comes back to like that's the the epitome of freedom like it's it's on you and no one else like that's what freedom is like i'm not yeah. you know anyway it's uh 
it's just very for me anyway very liberating yeah and and how the yeah the whole explanation of this and just on on the page before he 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 does indeed point out that although different words are used most philosophies of life deal either explicitly or implicitly with these four dimensions it's yeah. buddhism yeah. it's christianity it's it's there and how again how he he beautifully just puts it into kind of normal everyday language you know fine yeah. here we go you don't have to believe in anything or be a buddhist or be christian or be anything else or mm. you know read the quran from day in day out this is this is how it works kind of thing <laughs> and i would kind of like to add to that as again clarity jamie smart would say there is only one way and it only yeah. will work this way mm -hmm. yeah yeah When he, when he goes on to and the the first thing I highlighted on page three four three was was exactly that like there is only one way this is the single most powerful investment we can ever make in our in life investment yeah. in ourselves in the only instrument we have with which to deal with life and to contribute and I mean we could, we could pretty much end there and that would be <laughs> kind of sums it all up if we if we ignore that then everything else is kind of not going to work yeah and that led, led me to thinking about when when people come for coaching and when things aren't working and when they're striving for something when when we get to see what's what's missing it's the it's the lack of attention on or not putting it, their attention on what really matters and what provides the leverage for them and what's really, you know, what's really important, what's intrinsically important. Um, yeah. And again, if we're talking about from a principles paying clarity perspective, this is really the, this is the inside out part. It only works when you Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking there, the, the metaphor that's often used is the, oxygen mask coming down in the airplane putting your own oxygen mask on first this whole habit seven is pointing to that same philosophy right yeah take care of yourself first yeah 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 and i like just the the uh, in the physical dimension, I says, you know, most of us think we don't have enough time to exercise. Mm -hmm. And like, that's just absolutely crazy. It, it, uh, <laughs> um, I think, or, or I, I believe personally that we, it's, it's often not a thing of, because it, once you read that, it becomes obvious, you know, you think, well, you've got to find a way to do it. How can I do this? But the, the problem is that we spend a lot of time unconsciously, I believe, trying to work ways of how, not to do it <laughs> because i also believe that although he, he said something really it's really good and it, insightful like it's so darned obvious it makes you wonder well why just why don't we exercise like why do we not do this <clears throat> so there must be something you know or a mental or social emotional sort of side or something that's going on that's allowing us to think that if you like because it, it does it's an it becomes a no-brainer if you think about it 
Like, why don't we exercise? Well, we must be trying to find a way how not to do it because we all know that exercise is good for us. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, yeah. which later on, I won't say it now, but to me, this where this this whole thing comes into, you know, how we take on board that things make sense to us in that way. So like how not to, how not to exercise in some way must be making sense to us for mm-hmm. some reason. And that if we have the habit or capacity to listen firstly to ourselves and all the other habits as well, then we'll, but above all for me, listening, because we'll be able to listen to our inner guidance, which will be the place where the realization that no exercise does not make sense. So it's very, very inside out. That's kind of funny, actually, because it's the one part of it. Uh, and you said, Greg, you know, exercise has been it's been at the forefront of, uh, or you've been paying more attention to it lately than you have mm-hmm. for ages. This is the one dimension out of the four that I didn't pay very much attention to because I just do that as a matter of course. So I didn't, I just kind of skipped over it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I kind of know that. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I just didn't. It's, yeah. I I, hear, I listened to the audio yesterday and I read the thing again this morning and I'm like, yeah, yeah, kind of know that reminded me about my heart rate and all of that, but just didn't pay very much attention because, yeah, I, I guess because it, it just does make sense to me. So I'm like, I don't have to pay attention. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting what you, in the back of what you just said, Elaine. Mm. It's interesting. For me, like the a big difference it used to be all about willpower, like willing myself to go for a walk or go ride the bike or lift weights, whatever. Now it's more, um, I'm not like, I don't really think about it as much. I just find myself doing it almost like, you know, you know, you might find yourself in front of the fridge. I just find myself in front of the weights <laughs> or on the bike. Um, and also like the, the idea of finding the time, there's a young lady on one of our courses who walks the treadmill yeah and yeah. I, and she's trying to get 20,000 20, steps in and uh I thought that's a brilliant idea like we're all just like I'm sitting here yeah. on my bus just sitting for eight, there for eight I'm, hours yeah. and she's walking and like I, I am I mean, so I, jealous not to have a treadmill in those yeah, days <laughs> yeah and uh I mean I've done some of that like I listen to podcasts like I used to sit here at my computer and be watching coaching videos or or you know whatever and then I got in the habit of well, I'm going to listen to these while I'm walking. Kind yeah. of like kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Even now when I ride the bike, the stationary bike, I'm usually listening to something. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, there's more than one way to find time to do things. You know, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. Walk yeah. and chew gum and listen to a podcast at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it, you know, there's, there's always a way. I'm just sort of the, – the Italian culture is very much um, – If you're going to do something, you've got to be wearing the right gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the gear that you're wearing has got to be like 
designer gear otherwise it's just you just can't do your exercise you know? <laughs> and and I often find myself with the dog more so recently and what I do because I take in water um, I take him a big two liter bottle of water mm-hmm. and as I start my walk I do my I do my upper body exercise I use mm-hmm. the water bottle as a weight mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I now walk perhaps about half of the walk and I'm doing the reps with the the water bottle and then he gets thirsty so of course my weight gets lost and but that's it so I've I've organized myself to do that and and it's something that I can do even if the other ladies join me in the walks you know we'll be walking talking and I'm I'm doing sort of biceps or triceps at the back Mm. you know they kind of look at me so what are you doing (laughs) I say don't worry about me (laughs) Yeah, and I, you yeah. know, I found it's incredible. You can do all sorts of stuff. You know, there's time mm. to do everything. Yeah. The other thing I highlighted here was you said that if you haven't been exercising, your body will un- undoubtedly protest this change in its comfortable downhill direction. So it's, you know, that reminder to like your uh, a- a- any before that he explains this story about how. Um, exercising your muscles actually works like in terms of like breaking down the fibers and then then <laughs> building back up and and relating that also to uh, uh emotional muscles um and things so it's kind of like yeah the not necessarily like the no pain no gain but that kind of thing came to mind too right like it's uh there is a there is a i don't know almost like a learning curve that you have to go when you if you haven't been exercising you start exercising again you got to get over that hump of discomfort and displeasure. And then once you break through that, then you're, you're fine. You can get into a rhythm with it. But again, any points to, to being proactive and doing yeah. it. Anyway. Then the next dimension is the spiritual dimension, which mm. I think in past years when I've read this, this is probably the one I've skipped over the most <laughs> um, for various reasons. But this time it was like, oh, I really wanted to, to dive into this one um, because with the work I've been doing anyway with uh, Jamie and Clarity and all that stuff, I feel more connected with this, my, my own spiritual dimension than I have probably my whole life. Mm-hmm. And right. I love the, Go ahead. The, the, the story that uh, a certain Arthur Gordon shares uh, says a mm. wonderful, intimate story of his own spiritual new, uh, renewal in his little story called The Turn of the Tide. Mm. And just as reading through that, it, um, again, it's always back to basics. Like, it's so simple. It's so pure. Mm. There were only four questions. This yeah. guy's thinking he's going off for a day of some deep thing to do. And there were just four questions. And the first, you know, back to that again, listen carefully. Mm-hmm. And how uh, in his in his story, it sounds like, you know, already the a slight barrier. Oh, how, how could I listen for three hours? How can I do that? Like immediately. And then, of course, he, he's in in some ways obliged to do it because he hasn't got anything else to do. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, great great place to start. Um, 
and how many how much insight he had from just just that and that wasn't even another person in front of him mm-hmm. beautiful yeah to me that one kind of was was pointing at being in the moment yeah and i know for myself like as i've found myself in the moment more often like particularly when i'm on these walks just there's things that i've noticed like you know birds or gardens in people's uh, like flower gardens in people's yards or how the clouds are formed in the sky today i don't know like all kinds of things that i never you know would have even picked up on or noticed because I, I would have been too up in my head about the work i got to do later when i get mm. that, at the end of this walk kind of thing um so yeah just you know to me that that whole the listen carefully it's kind of like just you know be in the moment and and notice what you notice it's mm, yeah and, and i guess the whole thing in the, in the same way even the last one you know write your worries in the sand mm. it's like you know the the thoughts will pass yeah because of course the tide will just come up and yeah. the next wave will come up and wash them away kind of thing and that's really in the moment mm. you know oh my goodness nothing's happened yeah now that i've i love them that actually in the sand. yeah I love that, write your worries in the sand. Yeah. Thinking that would be a good, uh, I'm meeting a whole bunch of people down at the at a different place next week for a get together. I've moved venue and it, it happens to be at the beach. And I'm thinking, oh, that might be a good kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Write your worries in the sand. Write your worries in the sand. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Yeah, there's a, there's an idea for a post right there. <laughs> yeah. On uh, on three forty eight, he refers to this quote from Martin Luther, mm-hmm. uh, who said, "I have so much to do today. I'll need to spend another hour on my knees." And uh, you know, to him, prayer was not a mechanical duty, but rather a source of power in releasing and multiplying his energies. Mm-hmm. Um, and not so much that I, that I do you know, go and pray and stuff. But it, it, to me, it was almost s- similar to like, um, I got a lot to do. I need, what I need is some insights and going and you know, I don't even know if I call what I do meditating, but it's got a meditative quality about it, right? Like going for a walk or having a bath or like you said, Elaine, your clarity corner. Um, like that, a lot of people would look at things like that as a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But really, it's like a, a, a huge leverage point. Yeah. Um, or as you say, Greg, some people look at it as a waste of time, but also think that it's it's actually a, how beautifully it fits in with the sharp, sharpening, the saw mm. sort of metaphor. Because a lot of people will also say like, oh, you know, I'm so anxious. I'm so tired. I'm so this. Oh. I'm so that. I've got so I've got to go and do some meditation now. Mm. But here, what we're suggesting is we sharpen the saw first, mm. so that we're already in a place of. And that, to me, this looks like insight. Like mm. this is a place of yeah. insight, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah. I just finished yeah. another book uh, from a, a female hockey player in Canada, like a four-time Olympian or whatever, uh, Haley Wickenheiser, and one of her chapters is called uh, "Rest is a Weapon." And, uh, you know, the pointing directly to sharpening the saw, like, you know, you, you want to perform at a high level, 
go rest sharp <laughs> like yeah. that that's the equivalent of sharpening your saw yeah yeah and actually at the end of this chapter when his son does the his insights that he when when Stephen does the um he does the insights at the end he's talking about how his father was as much as he can remember his whole life mm. where you know he took time out to read he went to bed early, he got up early, he read, he did various things, you know, they were, whilst everyone else is do, doing whatever the craziness was in life, that was his his pattern, and, and yeah. that's exactly it. He claimed that, you know, that's the that was the sharpness of his for yeah. him, where rest and, and all the things that made him well, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, he took care of those, not in a, in a, not in a reactive way. Yeah. Yeah, rather than maybe well, also like able to yeah to be productive actually, able yeah. to you know increase the you know up the production capability sense. Again, the, the sense that it's that's where every, this is where it all starts from. And I, I was thinking as well when I read this, I, I would have I would have changed his you know his diagram slightly. You know, the habit seven goes around the, the outside and then mm. there's the habit one, two, three, up to, to, to six. One and three, private victory, up to six of the public victory. I'd have put a the habit seven also in a little circle in the middle. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like everything's yes. exploding yeah. from, yeah. 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 <laughs> I heard a different podcast this morning and... Uh, the story the guy was um, telling a story of, of when he was super stressed about something this thing's going on in my life you don't understand this thing's going on in my life and he's talking to his guru and the guru turns around and goes yeah yeah there'll be one thing or another and it's like <laughs> there's always going to be something mm -hmm. so if you know if things aren't taken care of you can't take care of things there'll be one thing or another yeah, well, that was a great, a great retort. <laughs> yeah, and the sense as well of, of, of like it, it, it always has to be renewed. Mm. There is, there is no end to this. Mm. Um, which I think, kind of in a Western mind, sometimes we, we seem to live, to get to the end of something. Mm. You get to the end of school, then you get to the end of university, then you get to the, you've got to be making space for getting into your pension like as if it's some but this is has much more continuum much more movement yeah. much more yeah more possibility when i was uh reading the the part on the mental dimension and he's talking about television and all this stuff yeah. i thought oh my i wonder what covey would think about the world today with tiktok and you know mm. social media and it's because it's, I don't know, a thousand times worse than it was yeah. television <laughs> yeah. in terms of, of the, especially with young people, um, yeah. the drain on their, their mental dimension for sure. I mean, my daughter was home the other day and she's like complaining how much studying she has to do because the exams are starting. And I'd, I'd be in my office working, I'd go out there and she'd be lying on the couch and I'm like, oh, how's studying going? She's like, I, uh, I'm still scrolling on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i was like you know do you want you know do you want me to take your phone away from you no no i'm fine i'll get off it but it's like you know 
she'd just been sucked into that time waste vortex of yeah. social media. Yeah. And just think as well how again it this this plays out in every area. Mm. You know, I'm just thinking of your daughter there, you know, that could could she take this on board sort of thing? Mm. And that, you know, to be able to arrive at the exam when because it just suddenly struck me, oh, it's exam time now, so she's got to do the studying. Well, surely in in this context, then the studying starts at the beginning and you learn it. Mm. And then, like, the last bit is just the exam, but you've already learned it. You don't suddenly have to sit 10 days, five days, two days, half a day before and yeah. study. Like, that's the whole point of the school kind of thing. But haven't we all done that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember studying, and it's like you're, you're, especially from stuck early in the semester, you're reading it, and you're just like, I don't even remember. Did we ever yeah. even do this? And like, <laughs> yes. you know, you did it. Like, but yeah, just, um, yeah. Yeah. That was one of my biggest, you know, when I look back at my life when I was in university, I would study and we'd be literally cramming right up to the end. So me and my buddies would be, you know, somewhere in the school with our books and notes and whatever cramming right to the end. And I, and I got in the habit of like about you know 30 minutes or 45 minutes before an exam would start, I would just say, okay, I'm leaving. And I go for a walk and I put my Sony Walkman in and I'd listen to music and walk around campus and I'd show up at the exam in, in clarity. And generally I do pretty well. And it was yeah. like, and I, you know, how did I think of that? How did I come up with that? How did I know that worked? I, I don't know. But now I, when I look back on it, it was like, oh, A, I was being guided and, and uh, B, I had an insight of some kind. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and it was like, to your point, Elaine, it's all in there. Like I, I spent the whole semester learning all this stuff. Of course. Um, yeah. it, and it's easier to, to find it when you're clear, calm and clear than, than yeah. panicked and, <laughs> and stressed. Yeah. And also keeping your, your soul sharp. Mm. which would imply repetition and constancy and you know that kind of thing yeah. as well yeah. Yeah. the empathetic listening I think absolutely I don't really know any more what I can say with it it strikes me every time the the listening mm. or, whether we call it empathetic listening or um, other other definitions that find along the way, things like active listening is is a different thing, I believe. Mm. But I think this is the nearest thing to at least how I've been, let's say, um, or the insights that I've had on Jamie's teachings around listening. Mm. Um, and like... Yeah, you know, we just don't know how anybody feels. As is, he says at the beginning, you know, they're either speaking or preparing to speak. They're filtering everything through their own paradigms, reading their autobiography into other people's lives, which I think is terrible. If you think, mm. think about it, and, and probably guilty, you know. And then we say some, oh, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> mm. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Aside from the listening part, there, what we're pointing to is the whole 
and not reading our autobiography and it is the whole notion of separate realities isn't it we don't mm. we just don't we don't mm. we're all seeing it differently and through different lens and, mm. and the other thing i underlined um which I can't find anymore, but he, I just remember when he, when he, I think he says that he does this with his wife at some point, or they'd gone off onto um, a sabbatical mm. where he needed to write write his book. And how I honestly can't remember where I read this, but the most important part of the listening is that it won't work if you're not in a, a sort of a common agreement to do it. Mm. you know so if if you are something going on with your relationship or you're arguing furiously or whatever it's happening it won't work so there needs to be a little sort of step back on on both sides of the both parties involved or more parties to just actually consciously and in awareness take listening on board like we're going to do this now It makes me think of like you know getting into an insight-friendly space, yeah. the connection. Exactly. Being there. exactly, but but like again, it's something. Let's say we know that, but if it's if it's not the right time, it's not the right time, mm. and we can't impose somebody to connect or to be in an in insight-friendly space. No. If you know if they're up in their heads with something making them angry or upset or yeah or, or whatever you know. And there's the sometimes when the listening needs to be sharp enough to know when to back off completely. That's that's what listening will provide. You know, we can't go into it anymore. Under the uh, social, just... go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you're okay. I was going to say under the social emotional dimension, I highlighted this part because I, I thought it really tied in nicely with the principles, which is where does intrinsic security come from? It doesn't come from what other people think of us or how they treat us. It doesn't come from the scripts they've handed us. It doesn't come from our circumstances or our position. It comes from within. It comes from accurate paradigms and correct principles deep in our own mind and heart. It comes from inside out congruence, from living a life of integrity in which our daily habits reflect our deepest values. And, it, you know, even though those words don't really all ring true for me in terms of exactly the, the, the words he's using but the sense of it of you know um really pointing to you know who we really are um and the the inside out nature of life Yeah, I, that actually, I, I, I thought that was so important. Not only did I highlight it all, I put a special sticky next to it. So mm. it was the only bit I did that towards. And there was so much in, in there for me underneath where he goes on to say, peace of mind comes from when your life is in harmony with true principles and values and in no other way. I was thinking about uh, certain, just certain um situations that I've been in with people lately and and they're they're pointing to circumstances or striving for different circumstances and and actually I was with someone yesterday 
and we were talking about next year and I was going down the route of, you know, what would be what would make it a great year. And she actually stopped and stopped in in mid mid walking and mm. looked at me and, and, and kinda of shook her head and said, Peace of mind. I mean that's exactly mm. what she said. And it's like, yeah. I mean that's you know, everything the trappings and the outside stuff can be there, but if if we don't have that then kind of lost mm-hmm. I was very curious I was uh, there was a bit on the last bit I wanted to actually ask um, on 351 under the social emotional dimension so I was a bit curious about this uh, the second paragraph the social and emotional dimensions of our lives are tied together because our emotional life is primarily but not exclusively developed out of and manifested in our relationships with others and I read that a few times and I was thinking about it in relation to principles behind clarity and, and the work that we've been doing. And I had a couple of things go on, which was just pointing to what the next page says around it, our security coming from within. But then, so is this, I'm asking a question. <laughs> is this, would you think this is um, like a combination of, okay, this is security coming within, but dependent upon connection we we talk about the importance of connection because i yeah i don't know there's something within that that felt a bit not quite sure where it put me but i had to think about it in relation to the work that we're doing and the direction we're looking in Mm. and just wondered what it said to you guys yeah i think for me it, it just it speaks to that we're all connected, um, like the harmony, the, the, um, I don't know. It's even though this whole thing is pointing to any, and even the principles, I guess, is pointing to self, like we're in our own separate reality. We're, um, uh, we're creating our own reality from within us, but we're doing so in a, I don't know, I don't know if in a world is the right way to say it, but, you know, in a connected world, mm. where, you know, of, of other people doing the same thing. Um, so to me, it, it's, it's like, it's just this interrelatedness of, of, yeah. uh, of our realities that, uh, um, you know, to me, it just points to the oneness of everything. Yeah, it's kind of the interplay of, yeah, us and others. I mean, it's yeah. if we put it very simply, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like it, yeah. that Hafiz Hafiz line that Jamie always mm. used of you know the the hardest work in the world is to think that we're separate. Um, yeah, I. I actually underlined exactly those two parts on Lynn. It was, but I and I didn't make any comment in the in the margin, which I'm not quite sure why. So I must have underlined it for some reason. And just as you were talking, it, it just struck me as this: it's speaking to me something about because we're talking about the social emotional dimension, and because we are. Um, by nature, 
social beings. Like basically, the truth is we cannot live one without the other. I mean, just again, me going back to my usual basic stuff. You know, mm. if there isn't at least one man and one woman around, we're stuck. Kind of thing. <laughs> you know, and, you know just, we're kind of done for. And maybe with just one man, a couple of women, even better, because then the genetic <laughs> gets mixed up. So that's much, much better. But like, sort of, you know, starting from there and from the idea that as far as we realize what we what we learn from day one, sort of, and then that then becomes our judgment or assumption or opinion, be it either on someone or something else, but also towards ourselves, which could be a or has been in in since whenever an enormous cause of individual insecurity but as he says the intrinsic security is already in us it's it's within oh. us it's the spiritual mm. part as far this is my point of view it's not mm. i'm not sure anybody said this anywhere but it doesn't and he says on you know page 352 where it doesn't where does intrinsic security come from? It, it doesn't come from what other people think of us or how they treat us. It doesn't come even from the scripts they've handed us. And then, you know, straight back to, to Jamie's, you know, implication of the, the 100% inside out nature of life. You know, it doesn't come from our circumstance or our position. Because the our implication as we know now number one is you can't be a victim of circumstance therefore you can't be insecure because of a circumstance no way however way you look at it because you have an intrinsic security inside you that will give you a solid ground to work out of hmm. That's that's how I sort of mixed, you know, uh, Covey's words and Jamie Smart's yeah. words. That's what came to me. I'm just looking at the time. I think that might be a good place to bring to a close, unless you you have one final thought, Lynn. Right. No, the, I I love this um, the quote on page three, the bottom of three five three in Eldon Tanner, and I haven't looked that person up, and I don't know who they are. In mm. uh, Eldon Tanner has said. Service is the rent we pay for the privilege of living on this earth. Mm. I'd never heard that, and I, I think that's such a neat, a neat quote because again, that points back to connection and and being of, of good to others and giving of ourselves and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I, and I just like my final comment was sort of from the 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 part of from page three five four scripting others and just the idea and because I've had I think one of my sort of bigger leaps forward in my personal and working life came when definitely from the idea sort of with Goethe's quote treat a man as he is and he will remain as he is treat a man as he can and should be mm. and he will become as he can and should be. And that for me, thanks to my Shatsu master who gave me such a wide reign 
to become a shatsu instructor in my own right. Um, and it just speaks tons, you know, just trusting and believing in somebody, however they, however they show up mm. at the beginning is very, very empowering. The his little story of the man of La Mancha, the Dulcinea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite Covey quotes I, I use all the time, it actually played a big role in what I named my business was uh, uh, people become great if you treat them in terms of their potential. And uh, I've, I've since rejigged it to say people realize they're great um, when they, when you treat them in terms of their potential rather than they become great, but mm. it's uh, yeah. living out of your potential and seeing the potential that other people have to, you know, I think that's what, in a, in a way, that's what coaching's all about. When yeah. people come to see us, we, we know uh, they're not broken. Um, they have the potential to do anything they, they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Next week, so we're we're amazingly we're through the seven habits. So next week we'll do a bit of a wrap up, and uh, um, I don't. We can talk about the big insights we've had, or you know, really whatever it is that we want to share. So there's nothing uh, necessarily to read, but uh, um, just a general overview of the whole thing, and and then uh, we'll figure out what we do next. Okay. Until then, we'll see you guys. Thank you. Bye.